listened to the episode the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is really great. And then I had the thought that I had probably the first time I listened to it last time mm-hmm. we had our first episode. And I was like, why? Why am I like that? Why? <laughs> why am I like this? Why do I laugh like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ugh. Yeah, it was a real it was a real eye opener. Like by the time we'd made it to I don't know, sixty some episodes mm-hmm. before we took our break. Listening to it I was like, we were in a flow. Mm-hmm. We ha- we we were real on it and now we're starting fresh again and I'm listening to myself going, I'm a menace. <laughs> I'm a menace. Why am I like this? <laughs> Stop shaking your head, yes. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Yeah, I started listening to it, uh-huh. and when it was us talking in the beginning, I was yeah. like, oh my god, it's so exciting. Right? And then I got into me telling the story, and I was like, who's this dumb bitch? And I turned it off, because <laughs> I was like, I cannot listen to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt the same, but opposite, because I listened to yours, and I was like, oh god, she's so smart and beautiful. What a truly wonderful friend and a co-host and then i got to me and i was like derp 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 what's wrong with me and that's why we're working on our confidence (laughs) we can admit that we can because i think you're great you think i'm great so you know one of us is wrong about something (laughs) we are just here to build each other up Mm-hmm. And try to be the best Moxie Broad we can be. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, hello everyone. This is That Broad's Got Moxie. Hey. What's good, y'all? Hey. <laughs> I'm Kiana. I'm Cassie. Danny's here. I, just before we started recording, screamed into the microphone <laughs> and didn't realize Danny already had her headphones plugged in. So, uh, so Danny's actually here but not listening because she can't (laughs) she can't can't hear a damn thing her hearing's gone Uh, so do we want to talk about some current events yes (laughs) boy do we ever lay it out for us keeks i forgot her name because i'm terrible with names shikari shikari richardson shikari Mm -hmm. richardson fastest woman in the world we love her just yesterday Mm-hmm. The news came that she is no longer allowed to compete in the Olympics because mm-hmm. she failed a drug test in which marijuana came up in her yep. system. The buffoonery, the foolishness, the absolute <laughs> horse shit that is these that this- rule. Who's Emily Andrus, the showrunner for Winona Earp, mm-hmm. tweeted. And said something to the effect of, like, if you can, if you're, like, the fastest, you know, hold on. Let's just double Let's check it. this. Let's find it. So I can quote her, her tweet. Because, man, while we're looking for that, mm-hmm. I just, all of this was coming, like, right off of the Bonnelly yep. episode. Yup. And it's just, we need to be aware of how sports have targeted black women 100 and just try to prevent them from succeeding yeah thank you danny danny has okay so the tweet says if you can smoke weed and still run faster than anyone else you should get two gold medals (laughs) and to that i say fuck yes you should yes 
Because where it's not, it's not a steroid. Mm-mm. It's not a growth hormone. Mm-mm. It's a little bit of weed to fucking chill out because she's human. Yeah. And shit went fucking sideways. And she was like, all right, I need to fucking mellow out. Yeah. And let us remember a few years ago, mm-hmm. Michael Phelps was caught smoking weed as well. Yup. And that didn't prevent him from competing. It sure didn't, girl. He still got all those gold medals. Exactly. And it's <sighs> devastating. During that time, mm-hmm. I remember reading like, oh, but it's not a performance enhancing drug, so it's yep. okay. Yup. But when it comes to a black woman mm-hmm. who is very unapologetically black mm-hmm. and loves her culture... And wants to represent it. Yes. Obviously, that becomes a problem. It sure does. To the system. And it's just annoying. It's really, really upsetting. Also, I was just reading that there were two black female runners mm-hmm. who were both disqualified for naturally high testosterone levels. Yeah. Which is fucked as well. Yeah. And they made swim caps for, for- natural hair. Mm-hmm. You can't, they're illegal. You can't have them. Yeah. So, like, Jesus Christ, these women cannot catch a fucking break. No. And shows you how systemic the racism is in sports. Absolutely. Because they are literally still writing it into the rules Mm -hmm. to prevent black competitors from excelling. Yes. And performing on such an international stage as the Olympics. Yeah. Fuck the Olympics. Fuck the IOC. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) hate them all it's such it's such a shame because like the olympics specifically are something that like i love Mm -hmm. danny loves the world over we wait four years Mm -hmm. to watch these elite athletes perform and we are constantly blown away by how incredibly talented and strong and fucking fierce all of these athletes are Mm -hmm. And then to see things that are just so fucking messed up and racist and bullshit, it's like, man, it's just, it's so elitist and it's so gross and it is so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Racist. Racist. (laughs) Bada bing. That's it. (laughs) And you really, like, my heart goes out to those competitors who Mm -hmm. it's happening to. Yeah. Because their race is something that they just, you know, have. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And they've had to... Go over all of these, like, hurdles in life. Not actual hurdles. She was a 100-meter shikar. (laughs) Bad joke, but hey. (laughs) Um, But she's had to go over all of these hurdles in life. And then right when you're like, okay, this is it. She's doing it. I'm here. I've made it. It's just another hurdle. And, like, hopefully she appeals to the decision. Hopefully she's still able to compete. But the fact that this has happened and... In the middle of her training, she has to deal with this emotional turmoil of being barred is devastating. Mm -hmm. And I feel really bad for her. Yeah. My heart is just broken for her. I read that the other day and I was just like, are you kidding? It was such a powerful moment to be like, you be you. Yeah. Like, do your thing. Run fucking fast, girl. Mm -hmm. Show, like, show the world exactly what you can do and exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. She is unapologetic af about it Mm -hmm. and and then it was just like oh my gosh just you know how i found out and i thought it was fake Hmm. the onion (laughs) yeah the onion article (laughs) yeah 
I was like, haha, what? And then Kyla told me, and mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot fucking believe it. Yeah. Especially, and I was going off. <clears throat> I was on one yesterday. Oh, I bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so with the competitors who had naturally high testosterone, uh-huh. Michael Phelps, again, I'm bringing yep. up him. Because Bring it, it up, girl. Who do we have sympathy for and who we make exceptions for? It's very pointed. Sure is. Michael Phelps, white man. Naturally low lactic acid levels. Yep. It could be an advantage. Could be. Yeah. (laughs) But no. Wow. What a natural athlete. It's a gift to him. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. People who have naturally high testosterone. Oh, no. That's against the rules. It's arbitrarily picking and choosing what benefits the system. Absolutely. What benefits the patriarchy, the white male, cis hetero, you know, all of them. Uh, all those people in power. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's, that's the just the all-consuming. Uh, yeah. Just cringe of it. And to sort of go off a little bit, because with the high testosterone levels, it sort of lends itself to the conversation of allowing trans women to compete Absolutely. in sports. Uh-huh. And the people making the decisions typically are white men who are like, we're doing this for the good of women. Yeah. Not asking women their opinions. Nope. Not talking <laughs> to women, silencing them. Mm-hmm. Because it honestly is so frustrating how these systems are holding people in place. I can't even articulate right now. <laughs> I'm just so mad. Because <laughs> it's such a big, like, we can honestly talk about this for forever. Yeah. But we can't because that's not what this podcast is about. Okay. But maybe we will someday. I look I'm down I'm ready to get angry (laughs) I'm just uh, I just feel bad for so many people Mm -hmm. I have systemic rage for it but then also I have empathy for the people that it is directly impacting absolutely because they are just trying to live their life that's Mm -hmm. all yep (laughs) that's all they're trying to do yep we're all we're all just trying to do the best that we can and these athletes have worked so hard Mm -hmm. so hard to just be dreams crushed Mm -hmm. and just completely taken out by someone going sorry you have too much testosterone Mm -hmm. or sorry you smoked a little weed you smoked a little weed because tragedy struck and you needed to fucking cope yeah like nobody's saying that you can't put back 16 bottles of vodka yeah i mean also the Russian doping scandal, some of those athletes were still able to compete after they were found positive of death. Exactly. So. So. <laughs> I really hope she appeals the decision. I hope so, too. And I hope she... Um, I hope the world's anger knocks the uh, the International Olympic Committee, IOC, yes. right into shape. Because they yeah. make all the decisions and they're stupid. It's dumb. <laughs> it's it's real stupid. Thank you. That perfect. Look at yeah. you. I hope by the time this episode comes out, it's all that. She- yeah, people have caused a goddamn ruckus, and yeah. she's gone to them and said, "You know what? No, yeah, <laughs> not today." <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> who's going first this week? Is it me? Yeah. Okay. See. Let's uh, not so smoothly transition <laughs> into the next topic. <laughs> Great. Can we actually, um, edit- editor Danny? <laughs> Just let's play some jingle music right there. <laughs> Be like, dun, 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 dun. Now, Kiana. 
That's how we'll that? do it. That's exactly. Maybe you should just record that sound. Take that sound bite. Oh, also, note, when we opened that first episode, mm-hmm. and you and I were like, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? We were, we were a couple we were of riding high <laughs> on that energy that day. A couple of scat squad scat <laughs> girls <laughs> just living our life and scatting. <laughs> a couple of jazz babies really doing our work. Hell yeah. Okay, who are you doing this <laughs> Right into it. Um, Cool. I'm going to talk to you today about Bertha Heyman. Okay. Okay. She's also known as Big Bertha. Big Bertha. <laughs> Excellent. I have no idea who this is. You will come to love her. Excellent. I will say. So she is also known as the Confidence Queen, Miss Bertha Heyman. Yes. Uh, she was born in Prussia in the early 1850s mm. and then migrated to the States about 1878, settling in New York, but also making her way many places in mm-hmm. her life. And this in New York is where she started her talents of swindling, deceiving, and hoodwinking. Yes. <laughs> Pastimes. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. So there are some disputes of what she looked like, because obviously historical, you know, yeah. not everybody's posting selfies on all the time. Mm-hmm. So according to a 1923 New York Times article about her, she was, quote, one of the least attractive in the police records of that day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although some other reports say that she had a pleasing face. <laughs> so mixed reviews. <laughs> yeah, mixed reviews. Who cares if she was hot or not? Standing at a five foot, 4.5 inches tall and weighing 245 pounds. She had all she needed. (laughs) Yes, queen. So her strategy, tried and true, is the scam that we now know as like an advanced fee fraud. So basically she would convince her victims that she was a rich woman that just needed to borrow some money so that she could access her fortune. And the story would play out in two ways. Hello. I am married to a rich man, and I want a divorce. Please help me raise money to initiate a divorce, and I will share the riches with you (laughs) post-divorce. And the guy would be like, yeah, here's some money. Great. Or she would be like, I own land and need money to sell land. Please give me money to sell this land, and I will give you some of the profit. Please help me. I am just a woman. (laughs) And the guy would be like, oh, dope. Here's money. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of the ploy... She'd take the money and run. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And she wasn't just doing this willy-nilly either. She was a very selective predator and regarded scamming as a challenge of wit. Ooh. (laughs) In an interview, she was quoted as saying, The moment I discover a man's a fool, I let him drop. (laughs) But I delight in getting into the confidence and pockets of men who think they can't be skinned. It ministers my intellectual pride. God, a woman after my own heart. So for a few years, Bertha wandered through the city of New York just stealing watches and jewelry, forging checks and bonds, and scamming some bitches. Uh, She was often arrested and was married twice during this time. Once in New York, like right when she came over. Mm -hmm. And once in Wisconsin, because she she took her scamming on the road. Um, And then she took the same name of her second husband in Wisconsin, who is John Heyman. Gotcha. Some noteworthy scams at this point in her life Mm -hmm. included conning a sleeping car conductor from Chicago by telling him that she had a large estate that she wanted him to manage. He quit his job. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then let her borrow some money so that she can get her fortune yeah, as she does. Naturally. And she even she even took him to like a really nice house and was like, This is my house. But it wasn't. <laughs> she just took him to some <laughs> random house. Um, I believe she got away with that one. <laughs> In 1881, she was on trial for stealing two watches from an elderly woman. She was acquitted. Oh, okay. Left the courtroom. Was arrested outside. (laughs) Was arrested outside for conning two New York City businessmen out of uh, $1,460. Excellent. Yes, yes. (laughs) And she was convicted, spent some time in prison, and then was released. And then conned a Wall Street broker. (laughs) Who she'd convinced him that she was worth eight million dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and so she the whole advance fee, like I got some money, I just need some money from you, uh-huh. help me out. Was caught and again convicted, mm-hmm. and then sentenced to five years in prison on Blackwell Island. Now, for those who don't know, yeah, like I didn't. Blackwell Island was the correction facility island that predated the current day Rikers in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Blackwell workhouse contained 221 cells arranged in tiers along a three-story wall made of granite. And the building functioned as an institution for, like, petty violators, Mm -hmm. many of whom were classified as habitual drunk and disorderlies. (laughs) So we would be there. (laughs) We'd be good friends with Bertha. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So she's now in prison, unfortunately, on this island. Mm-hmm. Did that stop Bertha and her scheming? No, it did not, girl. No, because she is the confidence queen. <laughs> she managed to befriend a prison warder mm-hmm. who, come on, you had to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she conned him out of his entire life savings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which was $900 back then. Nowadays is like $20,000. Nice. And then she decided that prison wasn't for her, and so she left and moved out west to sunny San Francisco. I <laughs> she left. She just decided one day, you know what? Not for me anymore. Why am I here? Bye. <laughs> yes. I love that for her. So she went to San Francisco accompanied by her son, Willie Stanley. Now you must be thinking, Kiana, you didn't mention that she had a son. Indeed. Well, it's because Willie wasn't her son. Okay. <laughs> it was just, there it it was just a lie. He was her accomplice. <laughs> so in San Francisco, she approached an acquaintance from her childhood, um, Rabbi A.J. Messing. Okay. And confessed to him that she had made a mistake previously. She married a Christian man. Uh. And now she needs a nice Jewish man. Don't worry. She doesn't need a divorce because her husband died and left her a huge fortune. <laughs> so <laughs> it always comes back to that. It sure does. Um, she just needed the rabbi to find her a new husband, and she would give $1,000 to whoever found him. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fortunately, Messing's brother-in-law, Abraham, was like, hey, you're quite charming, <laughs> and you have money. I'm into it. And so he proposed mm-hmm. in a matter of days. Ah, Yes. <laughs> I bet that worked out well for him. Yes. Congratulations to the happy couple. (laughs) 
Now engaged, Bertha was in the high society of San Francisco's Beth Israel congregation. Ooh. She was even more popular because she gave the $1,000 to the congregation. Okay. Because she was like, if you find me a husband, here you go. And she hinted at more to come. She was like, I'm a very giving woman. (laughs) (laughs) She would attend soirees and like fine clothes and jewelry that she got with bad checks and credit that she wasn't good for. (laughs) (laughs) Everything seemed pretty chill with her and her fiance. Uh, But before they could get married, Bertha had some bad news for the future husband. Oh, dear. Yeah. Her son, Mm -hmm. who was not her son. Yeah. (laughs) didn't support the marriage (gasps) and so Bertha was like Abraham you need to talk to Willie and change his mind because I really want to marry you Mm -hmm. and so Abraham's like yeah of course I will Willie was like I'll let you marry her for 500 bucks (laughs) (laughs) and so Abraham was like here's the money oh my gosh and while you're at it Willie was like you know what Bertha would love if you gave me all of your old jewels and I could reset them in a more modern way to her liking. Ah. And so Abraham was like, okay, here are all my jewels. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that same week that Willie and Abraham talked, uh-huh. Bertha and Willie left. <laughs> <laughs> they buy Felicia and the hell out of there. <laughs> they sure fucking did. Also, that check that Bertha wrote to the congregation. Oh my God, it bounced. Bounced. It? <laughs> like a rubber ball. <laughs> Abraham was like, where's my fiance? <laughs> also, it was now suspicious. So he went to a detective and gave Bertha's description, told him everything. And apparently, I read this in one article, mm-hmm. while he was giving the description, oh, Jesus. the detective went and grabbed a book off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and the book t- was titled, Professional Criminals of America. <laughs> And it was written by New York City's chief detective, Thomas F. Burns. Oh, my goodness. He opens the book, turns, photograph number 122, shows it to Abraham. Is this her? Abraham was like, oh, yeah. that is." Dumb, dumb dummies. (laughs) All of them. I've been hoodwinked. (laughs) Abraham was shocked to read, quote, Bertha Heyman, alias Big Bertha, confidence queen. (laughs) And under that title, it detailed her many swindles, scams, and tomfoolery, and also noted that she was currently incarcerated. Because remember, (laughs) she she just decided to leave. (laughs) And in the book, it also said, quote, she has the reputation of being one of the smartest, confident women in America. Oh, my God. Which, what a title. What a, (laughs) no kidding. Like, the people trying to get her are like, yeah. Guys, she's She's, really smart. (laughs) She's really good at this. Yeah. She's not in jail anymore because she decided to leave. (laughs) Yeah. She was just like, this island isn't for me. I'm going to get off this island. In the (laughs) 1800s, what did she do? (laughs) She get a rowboat? (laughs) She probably built one. Because she's so fucking smart. Burns also wrote in the book, admiringly. She possesses a wonderful knowledge of human nature and can deceive those who consider themselves particularly shrewd in business matters. Oh. So after this interaction, a warrant was issued for the arrest of Bertha and Willie. Mm -hmm. And detectives found them in Texas. 
and they were brought back to California and tried for grand larceny for the jewels that they stole. Mm -hmm. During their arrest and trial, Bertha was the face of outraged innocence. (laughs) (laughs) I bet she was. (laughs) She was like, I did no such thing. How very dare you? (laughs) And so she became a press favorite. And that's (laughs) wonderful to hear. In the press, impresario Ned Foster. I like the name. I like the word impresario. Yeah. And I told myself I was going to look up what exactly that meant. But I think it just means rich guy. Yeah. (laughs) So Ned Foster, rich guy, read the articles about Big Bertha and was like, hmm. And so he approached her, paid her bail, and then launched her into a theatrical career. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make you a star. (laughs) He booked her into Woodward's Garden and 18,000 people streamed in to see her. And she was going to read a poem. At this. Okay. <laughs> that was titled The Confidence Queen. And there was a little part of it that I found, but uh-huh. I don't know if this was it. Because if it was, it's pretty short for 18,000 people to be like, yeah, okay. But also, they didn't have the internet back Gosh. then, so that's probably what they did. Yeah. That's just how they passed time. They, like, gardened and watched one poem for, like, five seconds. Yeah, and then <laughs> clapped and went, oh, what a good way to spend 30 seconds. Yeah, let's go do something racist now. All, <laughs> guarantee they're all white people. Right? <laughs> In the 1800s, not great. 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to recite part of her poem. <clears throat> Excellent. So when vain, grasping men pant for glittering gold and find their bonanza in me, is it wicked to show up how badly they're sold and the rogues that men can sometimes be? Ooh, man, we, if anybody knows how to find the rest of this poem, I need it all. Please. Please and thank you. Please. I also really like doing the research for this because some of my information came from newspaper clippings from back in the day. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I was like looking at little newspaper clippings uh-huh. and I was like, oh my God, I'm a real, I'm a real studier. I know how to look things up. <laughs> Researcher. No, 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 no. Look at me in my archives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she gave this poem. Everybody loved it. Clap, clap, clap. Her mm-hmm. story spreads across San Francisco and Bertha was approached to do a one-woman show oh my gosh. in which she recreated her scandals in an opera house, posing with flesh-colored tights. <laughs> <laughs> Since she had all of this press attention and was now performing, remember, she was still on trial for grand oh larceny. My mm-hmm. Now the trial was super popular. Oh. Like, the original true crime people were all over this. They sure were. And at the trial... The judge had to fight his way through a crowd just to get to the bench. Oh, my God. (laughs) The court ended up finding Bertha innocent of all (laughs) charges. (laughs) Unfortunately for Willie, he was convicted and sent to San Quentin for some time. And I think it was because Willie was the one who sold the jewels and kept the money just to himself uh-huh. bertha probably had some sure but since she just did the swindling and not the profiting uh-huh. she was fine after the trial bertha's theater career continued <laughs> with a booking in the bella union which is san francisco's most popular music hall oh at okay. the time bertha was paired with oofty goofty 
a Barbary Coast character who made his living as a human punching bag. <laughs> what? <laughs> there were a lot of words just now that I don't, I don't know. So it's an goofy goofy. So it's an actor, <laughs> okay, who is known for being a human punching bag, mm-hmm. whose name is Oofty Goofy. His name isn't Oofty Goofy. His name is Oofty Goofy. Several sources can confirm. Oofty Goofy and Big Bertha were part. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, can we just picture for a second, just a moment, in whatever year this is. 1800 like late 1800s at okay this point. late 1800s some posh as fuck rich white couple are talking <laughs> to their other like super snobby mm-hmm. high know, society high people. society people and like mm, yes what are you doing tonight i'm gonna go see oofty goofty <laughs> and big bertha they're really a laugh riot <laughs> like what what how do you how? How do you say that, first of all, without, like, <laughs> cracking? Because I can't. But, like, see, that's a, that's a thing? That's seriously. It's seriously okay. a thing. And they're, perf- so their whole stage performing, <laughs> their stage performance, originally, it did evolve over time. Okay. But they would stage boxing matches between the two. Between Big Birth and Oofty Goofy? Big Bertha v. Oofty Goofty. Oofty, Oofty, Oofty. What? And then you got the other one. Bertha, Bertha. What? <laughs> I, I would I have If I have ever needed a time-traveling device in my life, I need it right goddamn now so I can go back to an Oofty Goofy v. Big Bertha showdown. <laughs> Oh my god. I fucking love it. The whole time I was searching, I was like, oh hell yeah, they're gonna love this. <laughs> so so they would pretend to do a boxing match. Big Bertha would inevitably knock him out. Sure, of course she would. Oofty goofy on the ground. <laughs> KO. Done. Mm-hmm. And it was a hit. They went all over the West Coast doing this oh this act. Oh my gosh. And while also doing it, men would challenge her to wrestling matches and she would generally beat them Excellent. in these matches <laughs> then because they had been doing this for a little while mm-hmm. ned foster is still her manager he had a stroke of genius he oh, was dear. like you know big bertha v oofty goofty is doing well <laughs> but what if we cast them as the title characters in shakespeare's romeo and juliet oh my gosh <laughs> Can't <laughs> Cassie's not gonna hold on. <laughs> so they didn't do the whole stage performance; they just did the highlights. Mm-hmm. And notably, during the famous balcony scene, of yep. course. Yep. Due to Big Bertha's size, Oofty was the one up in the balcony, <laughs> <laughs> and she remained on the ground. <laughs> oh man! Even while performing, though. Bertha never stopped her scamming. I bet she didn't. Mm -mm. One day, (laughs) Bertha confided in her manager, Ned, that her suitcase had a false bottom containing $10,000 in Canadian bonds Mm -hmm. and $1,000 in jewelry. And she was like, hey, can you um, 
can you figure out how to sell this? And he was like, well, I'll buy it from you because he's stupid. No, but he's not. Hold on. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So they're going through this and they settle on a price Mm -hmm. for the suitcase. And he agreed to pay her $1,600 for it. But before the sell was final, he had some second thoughts and was like, you know, I should check the suitcase. (laughs) Okay. And there was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He almost bought a $15,000 empty suitcase. Yes. (laughs) And I don't think anything happened from it. Uh It was just like, ah, you got me. Ah, (laughs) Let's just keep doing these. Sneaky. Let's just keep doing Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my goodness. In her life, Bertha claimed not to care about the money that she made Mm -hmm. and said she would give it away to needy people. Some people say she did. Some people said she didn't. I don't know who to believe because she is a professional liar. Yes, she is. <laughs> Bertha robbed everyone she could and kept everything. She spent the rest of her life performing and scamming. And since I couldn't find anything regarding her death, I assume she's still doing it today. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody watch out for Big Bertha. Yeah. Don't be a dummy. <laughs> keep Yo, your money. Keep your money. Don't oh be a dummy. Gosh. Keep your money. <laughs> That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I have questions. Where did you stumble upon this amazing <laughs> woman? And also, what are your rear re- oh. sources? Good, good. Thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. My sources are... Okay, so I originally, when I was trying to find somebody, I remembered... I forget her name because I'm terrible with names. The woman who had a brick... As her life savings that you did? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. The French lady. Ah, oh, shit. I can't remember her name now. I always thought that was a very fun episode. Yeah. And so I just looked up con women. <laughs> <laughs> and I found a list, a listicle. Uh-huh. I found her. And then I read some articles, including the Prussian grifter who swindled her way to her own one-woman show, Bertha oh, Heyman, by Sabrina Imbler and Big Bertha Heyman, The Confidence Queen by Paul Drexler. Big Bertha Stanley on trial on a charge of grand larceny, and it was a clipping from the Boston Globe. Okay. Wikipedia was also helpful. There was also a little article that I didn't take down, but it was, you know the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Yeah. The the bald man mm-hmm. who's not Jason Mansukis. Yes. Or... Anyways, he had an article that was just talking okay. about how cool she was. Okay. That's very cool. What a... Uh, how fun. <laughs> that was a great fucking story. We love liars and deceivers. We do. You know what? As long we- as they're fun. Thank you, Danny, for looking up the woman who Cassie covered. Yes. Therese Humbert, who was the con woman. Yeah. She was a real wild woman, too. As much as we love an inspirational... <laughs> life-changing incredibly inspiring woman we do love we do love a swindler and a liar (laughs) (laughs) especially when they go on to have a one-woman show because people are so charmed yes yes as hannah my friend hannah would say Uh women are complicated (laughs) aren't they though we love them all we We love most of them that's true there's a couple that we're like oh yeah not great (laughs) Who are you going to do today? So I am doing someone from this wonderful book that I got. This book is called 
legendary ladies, mm-hmm. 50 goddesses to empower and inspire you. Ooh. Yeah. It is by Anne Shen, who is an incredible illustrator, and you mm-hmm. know her work. You, so she always also... You, what? <laughs> I know her work because you very kindly, you and Danny kindly gifted me with a planner made. That's right. By her. She also wrote Bad Girls Throughout History, and nevertheless, she wore it, oh. which which is all about wardrobe. And like, yeah, she did that. She wore that little black dress. Oh, I yes. love that. I'm very excited. I'm going to get that book. If you're interested in that, mm-hmm. just as we're uplifting women, Ooh. there is a video es- essayist mm-hmm. named Modern Girls, who I like to watch a lot. Mm-hmm. And she has a series about iconic fashion moments. <gasps> Or like, so like she's covered the Marilyn Monroe pink dress, Diamonds Are a Girl Best uh-huh. Friend, and how it's re-popped up yep. in... Throughout, throughout pop culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that book, okay. you should check out that. I absolutely will. That sounds great. Yeah. So this Legendary Ladies, my sister got it for me for Christmas. Oh. And I love Anne Shen. I love her. This is, it's, it's written and illustrated by her. So all of them are very cool. So today... I took from the, it's broken down into sections and like how these goddesses manifest, etc. Mm-hmm. So she is from the creativity and manifestation section. Ooh. And this is the spider woman. Ooh. Which is very cool. We're not I, talking about Gwen Stacy though. No, we are, girl. <laughs> the Spider-Man oh. reference. <laughs> Nerd alert. We love it. <laughs> All right. So the Spider Woman or Spider Grandmother is a creation goddess that is especially sacred to Southwestern Native American tribes. Hmm. The story begins with, you guessed it, a web. (laughs) (laughs) The wise old Spider Woman began to think and her thoughts became threads and she began spinning a web that created north, south, east and west. So she has essentially created Earth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then she created the mountains and the rivers and the deserts to connect all the places together. So she's Hmm. got the outside of the web, and now she's building things to bring it all together. So after she's created everywhere, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) then she molded all the living things on Earth. Flowers, trees, birds, deer, snakes, etc. You get it? And so then it, this is where it kind of splits a little bit based mm-hmm. on different tribes and stuff. They have different myths. Yeah. So in the Hopi creation myth, Spider Grandmother created humans from different colored clays. And she sculpted them and gave them all individual faces and body shapes and like people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with the help of the sun god Tawa... After these little people were sculpted, she held them very close and sang a little song to them and gave them all a soul and brought them to life. What song? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) What song? (laughs) Some wet ass pussy. (laughs) And I'm not for this wet ass pussy. (laughs) Was it that song? (laughs) It was, actually. Oh my God, beautiful. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, so she sang WAP to them and then they sprang to life and to each one, she attached a thread of her spider silk 
to provide access to her wisdom and protection. Oh. And so she would always know where all of her little creations were out and about and what they're doing. In the Navajo creation story, she acts as a guide to the creatures of the first world. So in Navajo, the creation story is that essentially everyone is kind of this like creaturey thing that lives like in the underworld or like mm -hmm. in the earth, right? And so the Spider Woman helps to bring them to the fourth world. So she acts as their like travel guide. Okay. So as the creatures travel up through each new world, they just are like, because they're not humans yet, mm -hmm. they're they're assholes. And they just really kind of <laughs> cause chaos and destroy a lot of things. And then they get banished. <laughs> humans so, do that too. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what this is. So basically, she guides and teaches them as they change into their different forms, slowly becoming more human. In one of the worlds, they're threatened by a devastating flood, but the spider woman rescues them by weaving a web to create solid ground before the water sweeps them away. She leaves them in their final human form in the fourth world, which is where we are currently. Okay. Which I thought was really interesting. Also, one of the sources I used mm -hmm. was earthmagic.com, mm -hmm. which is a, a witchy blog. Mm-hmm. That I read that was really interesting in there in this way of like in all of these different creation stories, which are way, way older <laughs> than like Christian yeah. creation stories, there's oh the creation of humans, mm -hmm. right? And so everyone has that story. But then there's also the great flood to destroy yeah. everything and start fresh. And I was like Oh, this is very interesting. It was a really cool way to connect these ancient, ancient mm -hmm. stories that have been passed on orally mm -hmm. to, you know, yeah, to Christian faiths that have all these things. It's like, hmm, wonder where, wonder where you got that. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it before. It's very interesting how certain tropes pop up mm -hmm. worldwide, like independently Absolutely. from each other. Not Christianity. No. <laughs> they borrow it a lot. They plagiarized from, a lot. <laughs> borrowed a lot from pagan religion. Yeah. yeah. But it's very interesting. Yeah. It is. It's, it's very interesting cool. to think about. What do we not know? What? What did they know that we don't? So much. So fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> so in this new world, the Spider Woman had two daughters named Utset and Na Utset, who created the sun, the moon, and the stars to light up the dark. Oh. Which I thought was Thanks. lovely. She not only taught the people how to weave, being a spider woman, but also taught them how to grow crops and make pottery from the earth. Hmm. So in all of these creation stories, she's really <laughs> the person to be like, hey, if you're going to survive, <laughs> you're going to have to learn some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be taking care of you all the time. Gosh, I know. I, I know I have this little thread attached to each of you, but God, <laughs> can you do something for yourself, please? <laughs> Let's see. So there's many stories about the spider woman and her great powers. In one of these stories, she saves the Oribe village from being burned down by a neighboring clan by spinning a magical web over the village and then having 
the tribe members Mm -hmm. throw water on it and it would essentially create this amazing web dome Mm -hmm. to protect their village Mm -hmm. which is very cool the visual of like water drops on a web is beautiful so stunning so beautiful Mm -hmm. reading this and like doing this research which is there's not much of Mm -hmm. because it's all oral history and you know Mm -hmm. and what we don't know is probably sacred to absolutely 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 it was just fascinating Mm -hmm. i love it in another story the spider grandmother helps the people of the payupki village win races against the tisikuvi village because the members of that tribe had been rude to her. (laughs) So she puts a special medicine on the best runner's legs Mm -hmm. for speed and stamina. Performance enhancing drugs. (laughs) Full circle. Going back. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Uh, That's okay. (laughs) So that was for one of the races. And then in another race, she changes into her spider form and crawls into the ear of a different runner, which I hated. I was like, play, I don't like that. (laughs) And basically, she does that to secretly give advice to that runner on how to avoid a bunch of traps that had been set by by the neighboring... Mm-hmm. village and then at the end of the story spider spider grandmother helps the payupki village escape an attack from the people who had challenged them to the races in the first place mm-hmm. so she was like you wanted to race to prove things and you still want to fight them yeah so now i gotta help them get away exactly in another story the spider woman helped the twins so the twins are named born of the sun and changing one by giving them feather hoops to protect them from attacks from a bunch of monsters they were fighting. Hmm. Which I was like, oh, dream catchers. Mm, Very okay. Cool. Yeah, feathered hoops. Okay, that makes more sense. I was thinking like like earrings, like hoops. <laughs> <laughs> Made of feathers, and I wasn't clicking. Well, but dream this catchers. Is, yeah. I could be wrong, but this is, when I when I read that, when she gave them feather hoops, mm-hmm. because uh, obviously mm-hmm. dream catchers look spider. very spider webby. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder, I think, maybe. Yeah. But also, I could be wrong, so nobody quote me on this. Mm-hmm. And you're probably closer to the, what I was picturing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think she was like, here, girl, wear these. Accessorize. Accessorize. <laughs> they will protect you from these shitty, ugly monsters <laughs> you're fighting. That would be a good story, though. It would be. <laughs> Maybe we should write that down. <laughs> Power of accessories. <laughs> we talked about that in the first episode. Oh. Because you, you said something about Coco Chanel and her being a terrible Nazi, but mm-hmm. then also her quote about, like, oh, yeah. take one thing off, and you were like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to accessorize the shit out of this ensemble. So It's true. Other hoops, I'm put them on. Very pro-accessory. <laughs> I started a new job mm-hmm. and my one of my coworkers noted that I have a lot of fun earrings. Uh-huh. And I said, "Yeah, I do like a good statement earring." Mm-hmm. And then I showed up one day without earrings and she was like, "What's wrong, Kiana? What's going on with you?" <laughs> I just forgot him. Oh. But she was very concerned and I appreciated that. That's funny. I don't know why I told that story. Continue. That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to 
you know, put my own little tangential spin on that. We recently, because of mask mandates and stuff like that, we don't have to wear masks at work. Mm -hmm. Like people coming into the office, I think still do. But while we're in the lab, we don't have to. And I was like, oh, these people (laughs) have, first of all, some of them haven't seen like my whole face. Oh, which is weird because I started in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) So there are a couple people that I was like, oh, that's what you look like. (laughs) But also I was like, oh, I'm going to blow these people away by my red lip color. Yeah. Now that I can, (laughs) they show my face. (laughs) They thought they knew what a bold lip was. They don't know the half of it. They do not. (laughs) They have no idea what's coming. I'm going to show up at work on Tuesday and be like, hello, this is me in my in my natural state. <laughs> Thank you. Let me introduce you once again. <laughs> I <Diva>. am Cassie. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, very I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. Where was I? Okay. Hoops. Hoops. And then in another story, she, this was just one where basically the Navajo, a couple of Navajo women came to her were like, it's going to be real cold this winter. Mm-hmm. We, how are we going to survive? And she taught them how to make yarn from sheep wool and how to dye it and how to weave it. And they wove rugs and blankets and survived the frigid winter. That's nice. Yeah. So it's, I've never thought of it, but having the idea of a spider being like a creation deity. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It does. Because, you know, the silk. (laughs) Exactly. They're really fascinating. Yeah. So some of them are scary, Mm -hmm. but they're also like. The females are fierce as fuck. They create these beautiful, beautiful webs. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just really wild. But I, I really like this story. So I just have a couple other little tidbits. So there are some stories where the spider woman is said to cast her web like it's a net to capture and eat misbehaving children. <laughs> Which... <laughs> It's like, oh, there's that wrathful God from the Old Testament. (laughs) We got a little sprinkle of everything else. I mean, we might as well. I thought that was really great. Mm -hmm. There is a rock. I want to say, I think it's in Arizona. But there's a rock named Spider Rock, which is named because it said that she used to sit on it and that it turned white from the bones of naughty children sitting oh on the rock. <laughs> I was like, oh, how nice. How nice. Oh, exactly. nightmare fuel. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, oh, this is cool creation goddess. Awesome. But also maybe she captures and eats naughty children and then like bleached out this uh, rock formation by bones laying on it. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. He meant adults just at the bottom of the rock. Like, you want to, you want your bones <laughs> to be over there? Brush your fucking teeth. <laughs> oh, I love a story to scare children into behaving. <laughs> Let's see. So in the Pacific Northwest, the Coos people, so like up by Coos Bay, mm-hmm. have their version of the spider grandmother tale, which I could not find. Okay. Probably for a reason. Mm-hmm. This is just me projecting, mm-hmm. but this is knowledge that I do have. In the 1950s, mm-hmm. I believe it was the 1950s, 
the U.S. government started going through with termination acts. Yeah. So if you aren't aware, Oregon was a place that was hit pretty hard with it. It was the U.S. government just decided that tribes didn't exist anymore and that they needed to assimilate completely. Mm -hmm. They took the land. And Oregon tribes specifically that I'm aware of have been working very, very hard to gain back the land and rights that they had previously had that were taken. You'll notice a lot of roads in Portland. Roads and courthouses are Marco Hatfield. He was a big proponent in helping indigenous communities. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Coos people were a part of that group of people that experienced attempted genocide. Yeah. They're still around. But the U.S. government tried real hard. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you. The Ojibwe people, which is also like the Chippewa Mm -hmm. of southern Canada and the northern United States, speak of the Spider Woman as a helper of the people and um, an inspiration to to weave spiderweb charms, Mm. which I thought was cool. And the Choctaw people of Tennessee and Mississippi tell the story of Grandmother Spider stealing fire. Oh. And then after the animals refused it, (laughs) then brought fire to humans. (laughs) So I really love the idea of a bunch of, like, this spider woman goddess Mm -hmm. going, I have brought you light and heat and, you know, light and warmth. And a bunch of, like, squirrels and a beaver and a deer going, nah, we're good. (laughs) And then her going... Well, fine. I guess I'll go give it to these dummies over here and hopefully they will survive. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was really fun. Also, very humbling as humans that we were the last option. <laughs> the last resort. Here's some fire. Son of a bitch. They got to stay alive somehow. I brought them all the way up from these four realms. Like, now we got to try and keep them alive up here. So, because I got some of this information from this legendary ladies book on each after each of the stories Mm -hmm. of these legendary ladies it has a tip on how to invoke or like ask for help through the goddesses for different things Hmm. so this one says call on spider woman while meditating and accessing your crown chakra to tap into her thread that connects you to the universe. She will provide you with the universal energy you need to manifest your goals. How nice. And I just thought that was really, really lovely. Like I said, there wasn't a ton of information. And in this book, it specifically says, while she is called Spider-Woman or Spider-Grandmother, her real name is uttered only during sacred ceremonies. Yeah. So it was like, there's there's a lot of tradition and really deep, like, sacred roots mm-hmm. that were like, the information that I got, I was like, this is awesome. What an incredible story to tell. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. it's really important to, like, keep important figures in their cultures. Yeah. And, you know, not exploit those. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I used MythEncyclopedia.com, Wikipedia, that EarthMagic.com, mm-hmm. and Native-Languages.org. Okay. That was lovely. Thank you. I think I think hearing how cultures, like, think we got here mm-hmm. is very interesting. It is. And it's so 
cool to hear different perspectives mm-hmm. and realize what values are important. Absolutely. As opposed to like other, you know, because uh-huh. some creation god, like gods are very wrathful. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> that's kind of scary. <laughs> That's a terrifying story. I don't know if that's the one that I'm super keen on. (laughs) Also, I just, I think we all love the idea of a creation goddess. Oh. Instead of a a wrathful god who is just, like, angry and wants to destroy things. It's like, oh, no, she's a goddess. And she uses this incredible power that she has Mm -hmm. to create humankind and the earth. And so we should fucking take care of it and respect it Mm -hmm. well here we are here we are at the end we've done another one way to go everyone we did it again (laughs) (laughs) and you just wait there's just gonna it we're just coming and coming and coming here we go we're not gonna stop no you might be like hey please stop (laughs) but we're not gonna (laughs) i tell you what from our diehard listeners Mm -hmm. who were heartbroken waiting for new episodes and like went back and listened to old episodes and our new listeners who are who are listening to our old episodes and are like ah yes they're finally back Mm -hmm. thank you for loving us yes (laughs) and supporting us and wanting us to keep doing this because i have heard from so many people being like i'm so happy you're back Mm -hmm. i can't wait to hear more stories it was so sad that you guys weren't here, and but we're so happy that you're back and you're doing your thing. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> so. Yeah. <sighs> it feels good. Yeah. It's like a warm hug. Yes. I, I like this. I like doing podcasts, and I like having people also enjoy listening to mm-hmm. us, because I just like the idea of a really curious and thoughtful community of people yeah. coming together to try and learn about these people that we don't get to learn about, really, and... Mm-hmm. Or normal education systems or even in, like, the zeitgeist of society. Absolutely. So thank you. It's important. All right, everyone. How do we wrap this up again? Oh, yeah. You can follow us if you love us mm-hmm. or even just mostly like us. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on our social medias. We mm-hmm. are on Facebook and Instagram at That Broads Got Moxie mm-hmm. and on Twitter at Broads Got Moxie. Mm-hmm. If you want, you can email us yes if you don't have social media (laughs) sorry that was weird but if you wanted to email us any questions any recommendations on Mm -hmm. who to cover you can contact us at that broad's got moxie at gmail.com there you go (laughs) and please please rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening we would love that we like to hear all those good reviews about us yeah, let's do this. I'm yeah. Ugh. Let's change the world. <laughs> yeah. Let's scam con hoodwink our way to the top. Fuck yes. <laughs> let's do that. Make it happen, everyone. Bye. Right. Bye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.